0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 14th, 2017, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are reading in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 83. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph, which begins with, There may be some wrongs, and ends with, We don't crawl before anyone. Today's readers are Esther F., Kathy F., Craig F., Lisa B., and Carmela G. Our newcomer greeter is Robin S., the reference number for yesterday's Sunday. August 13th, 2017's special edition meeting is 10303. 10303. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read The 12 Steps of OA.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered Compulsive Overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when you were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought, thought through prayer and meditation to, comp- to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. And I pass.
0: Oh, thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Kathy F. to read the 12 Traditions of OA.
2: Good morning. It's Kathy F. from Massachusetts, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Kathy F. How our meeting
2: works. Our meeting
0: focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 6 into action on page 83. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph, which begins with, There may be some wrongs and ends with, We don't crawl before anyone. I will now ask Craig F. to read that for us
3: morning this is Craig F recovered in Tulsa Oklahoma may I be heard
0: yes good morning Craig Good
3: morning thank you there may be some wrongs that we can never fully write we don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we if we could some people cannot be seen we send them an honest letter and there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases but we don't delay if we can, if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble, without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet; we don't crawl before anyone. Um, the uh, the first sentence, there may be some wrongs we can never fully right. I, I'm not sure that uh, other than. Financial type amends that I that I ever could fully write any of my amends. Um, you know, you can make an amends to I made amends to my children for being uh, emotionally absent uh, in my disease and my self-centeredness uh, a lot during their childhood. That uh, that uh, even when I was there, I wasn't there, or uh, sometimes, and that a lot of times, I just wasn't there. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm saying I was a horrible father. I I just know that uh, I was emotionally absent a lot in their lives, and uh, not the kind of nurturing parent that uh, that I would like to have been. Uh, you, how do you ever fully write that? You, you know, I can um, live a living amends. Uh, I can be present in their lives emotionally today. I can make sure that I'm in constant um touch with in, in constant touch with them we, weekly I, I at least I I can uh, be participant in their struggles and uh, and uh, be uh, uh of of help and advice to them where I can and 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 all that but that doesn't do undo the the um you know the, the warped lives of blameless children it it certainly um uh, isn't something though that I I I need to walk around going woe was me woe was me um, all, all the time uh, either you know it was what it was and today it can be different but that doesn't mean that uh, the wrong can be fully righted I I think that um, uh, that the rest of this uh, you know some people can't be seen we send them an honest letter. Uh, my uh, uh uh i think today we we send them an honest phone call uh, a lot of times um my sponsor discouraged that uh you know if, if at all possible uh, i had a one son that lives in Arizona and I'm in oklahoma and uh, I, I just couldn't arrange to get together with him because of some health issues um, I had to do it on the phone and uh it it worked out though know, it worked out um, the willingness this talks a lot about we can honestly say that we would right these wrongs if we could um, and I think that that is the key to to a lot of programs the key to this is that uh, I was willing to go to any lengths to do whatever I had to do whatever I was capable of doing to right these wrongs and to to make amends to the people I'd harmed, and, and 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 it's in that willingness that the recovery begins. It's in the willingness to do uh, to do the work, and uh, uh, we don't delay if it can be avoided, and and that's part of willingness too. We we get in and we we do the work. We don't delay. We 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 face the fear and uh, we uh, we put our nose to the grindstone and get it done. And uh, the uh, it being sensible, tactful, considerate, and and humble. Uh, I have a humble word highlighted twice, underlined and highlighted, without being servile or scraping. Um, in other words, I, I can't go to somebody and make amends and do it with a self-righteous attitude. You know, I, I'm I'm not uh, being holier than thou by coming and making making the amends. I'm I, and I'm not coming, uh, crawling on my belly to make the amends. I'm, I'm, I'm walking in upright, but I'm humble about it, and I, I'm right-sized. That's another word for humble. I'm, uh, I, I am just who I am. I'm a flawed human being that's made some mistakes, and uh, I'm here to make them right. And uh, so I don't have to crawl. I can stand on my feet and uh and do it uh and practice that humility the the uh description of the steps is the ego shattering process of the steps uh means that that uh by this point we've learned something about humility and we've learned something about just being right sized being who we are, and uh, uh nothing more, nothing less and with that, I'll pass thank you.
0: Hmm, thank you, Craig F. Who would like to share on this paragraph that Craig just read?
3: Katie D. I
4: heard D. Matt
0: M. And I heard D.
5: Katie B. D. B. D. Mm-hmm.
0: Leia B. Katie? Did I hear a Leah? Leah D. Yes, she did. Thank you. Leah B. Baca Leia O. Baca o, I heard. Leia Laura H. Laura H. Chrissy G. Was it, oh, Chrissy G. Hi, Chrissy. Okay, this is who I wrote down. Craig, uh, Craig went. Matt M., Katie G., Leia, is it D., Vasa O., Laura H., and Chrissy G. Was there someone I missed? Jane L. Is it Jane
6: O.? Jane L., yes. Jean L., That's did correct. I get that
0: right? Yes, it is. Okay, Jean L., got it. Okay, let's go with those of you whose names I said. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of you. Matt M., go right ahead.
7: Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. from the Jersey. Maybe some months, to get it fully right. I've done a lot of horrible things to my brother growing up, at him unrelentlessly, did other things. And he's, med- he develop- he's developmentally disabled, and he's um, he was born retarded. And I hate that word, but it was. He was. And uh, it's very difficult to have phone conversations with him on the phone. Face-to-face is okay. But it's like pulling teeth and, um, to try to talk to him on the phone. And uh, I was avoiding his phone calls. I didn't talk to him for months because I just didn't want to deal with it. And uh, part of my amends to him now is I do take his phone calls, but I keep the phone calls five minutes or less because that's really the only only way I can be able to talk to him that long because it's difficult to talk with him on the phone. And uh, I used to feel bad about that, but I realized for me that's all I can handle right now. Maybe later on I can have longer conversations, but there really are really no conversations on the phone with him. It's just, you know, like I said, pulling teeth or a straw. And um, I don't feel bad about that anymore. I used to feel so guilty. I used to feel like I had to, like, crawl on my belly to try to pick it up to him for for what I did to him growing up. And I realized, you know, it's more of a living amends. So I treat him with respect. I love him as a brother, and uh, I don't. Tr- I don't. I don't look down on him anymore. I I, I look at him as a person. He's sick and out like not like I am, and um, he's just a human being. And that's the way I treat him today. And I love him to death. And with I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Madam.
4: KDT. Hey, Rebecca. Can I be heard? I hear you, KDT. Hello, my friends. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for your service. It's KDG, recovered, convulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And I'm starting my timer. Springs to mind a lot of humility, which sometimes I don't have. Shocker. Um, I had my list, right? And I'm like, okay, I got to make my amends and let me go to it because I got to have my spiritual awakening right now because I got to get recovered because I got to do the right thing because I'm KDG. And my sponsor was like, "No, you got to make appointments. You got to contact these people. You got to find out, may I come to see you? I've been thinking about our relationship." And those of you who know me know it took me 4 years to make an amends. And to my mom, and I only made an amend to her after a huge fight. Right this isn't about me this isn't about my ego this isn't about checking it off so I get to do something right this is about humility and consideration is it okay with you if i come and talk to you and you know what sometimes it's not but i don't have to worry right because i if i stand fully ready then it's all good with God, right? And the other thing is, like, what does fully right mean? Like, I had to change my expectations. Like, I had people that I went in, and I was – my brother. I made an amend to him, you know? And I'm like, dude, I wasn't the kind of sister I should have been, and we don't have this relationship, and I'm really sorry, and I was wrong, and I I didn't do a great job, you know? And then I had to do a 10-step turnaround recently because I was like – Well, dude, I made my amend, like, we're not BFF today, right? But I set right the wrong that I did. And then I have to trust that God is sending me who I need, what I need, when I need, for as long as I need it. I can't postpone, but this is in God's hands. I am not in the results business, again. And, you know, my husband has been a really good teacher, and I'm sorry, I know I always talk about him, but, you know, he's a primary player. Um... So this idea about not being servile or scraping, like I even convinced him sometimes. I talk to him and I'm like, you know, I really, I was wrong. I wasn't the kind of, and he'll cut me off. Why? Because it's uncomfortable, you guys. It's my false pride. I'm going to him. I'm trying hard to please. Oh, I'm such a bad wife. Make me feel better. Or, you know, scraping. Oh, you know, and then I did this to you. And then I did that to you. No, like I can be alone in a perfect peace. I can look the world in the eye, right? Which is the fifth step promises. So I go in and I look you in the eye and I say, I was wrong. My name is Katie and I was wrong in our relationship. I treated you poorly. I imagine if I were you. I would feel really terribly if someone had treated me like that. And I deeply regret my behavior, and this is how it's going to change. And the hardest part, I shut my mouth and I changed, and I'm still learning how to do that. So I'm going to keep coming back one more day, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Leah D.
8: Good morning. Thank you for letting me share.
5: Um This time around, when I read the big book, if there's a word I don't know, I look it up in the dictionary instead of just passing it over. So when I read this morning and the word servile came up, you know, of course, my my ego says, well, I know what that means. And I said, no, I don't know what that means. And what servile means is having or showing an excessive willingness to serve to please others, bowing his head in a servile manner, so what that says to me is my personality used to be, when I made it, was, was kind of like out of fear. It was kind of like, oh, please, you know, please forgive me, or, or please please don't do that, or please don't do this, or please don't do that. And that always left me vulnerable and and not in a good place of standing on my feet with God, because that was a way when I was eating I could feel that servile behavior on my throat. It makes me feel inadequate and less than. And it says that I don't have to crawl to anybody because I'm a human being. And scraping to me means that I walk in with an attitude like, Well listen, you did this, but like I'll forgive you and now I'm better. And and that's not what I'm learning to do today. I'm learning like to keep my mouth shut. Um get God's direction. And right the wrongs and clear the wreckage of my past so that I can live happy, joyous, and free. And I'm not a perfect nine-stepper. I'm not a perfect anything. I'm a human being. But I'm learning a day at a time through the meetings on how to make it better. Like today, I was realizing a couple more amends are getting better because in my heart I'm getting ready or I see myself different. But I don't have to be servile to anybody today, and I don't have to go in scraping. I can, as God's people, I can stand on my feet, and I don't have to crawl before anyone. Thank you for letting me share.
8: Thank you for sharing, Lady Vasa O.
9: Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service, and everyone for being here this morning. And I'm grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeating. Calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And yes, this was a tough step, but I was ready and willing to go to any length, just not to go back to the food addiction, no matter how uncomfortable I felt. I had a sponsor uh, to guide me. I didn't have to go alone. And I remember going through to a lot of step meetings and. How other people did it, and they survived, it. they didn't die as a matter of fact they, their lives became even better and I just did what other people were doing i I you know again, some people cannot be seen we can't we send them an anonymous letter, so I did go over my with my sponsor, and I thought I had to make amends to all those people. Uh, and uh, it was just amazing when I went through my cards, and I did like three by five cards, who to make amends and who not to. Like I put plus if I needed to make amends, or minus, I didn't have to. And it was just amazing. I didn't have to make amends to all of them. And some of those people were dead, you know, and I needed to write a letter. And some of those people in the, were in the old country where I came from, I said I'm not gonna. will never go back and visit them. Well, God brought me over there, and I made few amends over there. But at the beginning, I started making amends to my children first because it was easier. They were little, you know. And then uh, um, I did a big amends to my brother. We abused each other's children. We called ourselves names. We hit each other. And especially the boys, I was a girl, so I was not allowed to do those things, but I still get into it every once in a while. And, and I had a brother that was younger, that is still alive, younger, and he was really overweight, and I remember calling him fatso. And, you know, and that must have hurt his feelings so bad, because I wasn't into the food in those days. And um, my food addiction came right after that when we came in America. But, anyways, and I made big amends to my older brother, and he made amends to me. And he said, You know, I am so sorry also that I had hurt you and my other brothers, you know, as growing up. We became the best friends till he died, till like two years ago, a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, and, and I had a life with my brother. I loved them so much, we were so close. So for me mostly it's living amends today to the, to my husband you know and I did make some amends also for hurting him and causing him a lot of pain when I was going to divorce him he understood he said I he did, he said you really didn't mean it you just didn't know what you were doing but anyways and it's much easier to make amends today and I try not to screw up because I don't like to make amends anyways so I, it's living a man, you know, do the right thing and uh, asking God to show me what's the, what's the next right thing to do. And God's people we stand I wrap it up. God's people, we stand on our feet. we do not crawl before anyone, and that has been the most for me. I don't crawl, I don't chase people today, and I let them have their lives. Thank you and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O.
10: Laura H. Good morning. Good morning. This is Laura H. out of Chicago. May I be heard?
0: I hear you, Laura H.
10: Great. Thank you. You know, this paragraph is so powerful. Um, There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. I can recall being in a meeting and kind of getting really teary-eyed and sharing what an awful mother I was because I was always in my addiction, and I was always emotionally distant, or I was yelling, or I was screaming, or I was, you know, crying or weepy, and my poor kids, you know, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, didn't know what mom they were going to get, and I remember a loving fellow, you know, later as you're saying goodbye, you know, telling me, listen, I've been in program since my boys were born, and I still yell, <laughs> So, you know, that kind of put some perspective on it, and it did help me. Um, I just want to say, too, that the amends process is uh, scary for many of us, and uh, we mostly have to go and do them to the most immediate family members uh, that we live with and, and share our lives with on a daily basis. And uh, that can be tricky. And I agree with the previous messages from people that are, are people that we love and care about they're uncomfortable when we make the amends, you know it's it's not comfortable for them to hear, especially if you're newly recovered. They don't really understand a lot of times that's why your sponsor is so important helping you design what to say and make that appointment and uh, like I've said before, my sons are you know they get they get a perplexed look, like what do you mean so you know, just to do it, do it imperfectly, do it, you know, ask your sponsor. it's just an important piece of the healing process. Um, I am gonna share though too that when I first came into program three years ago, you know, I made three columns. You know, the amends I can do right now. I'm do I'm willing, I'm ready. The amends I can do soon. I have to think about it, I have to ponder it. And then when hell freezes over I'm gonna make an amends. Um and I have to say most all of all of them moved over, you know, um with that Prayer, that daily prayer, um, you know, that resent, that resentment prayer. So um, it's important that we follow the instructions that are in this book, and that we don't delay it if it can be avoided. Some of us have financial ones that we have to make, and those are tricky because sometimes it's big sums of money. But always asking H P, you know, lead me and guide me on this. Um, so grateful to be here on a Monday morning. Happy Monday to all of you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Laura H.
11: Chrissy G. Hi, I'm Chrissy G, recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. Can you hear me? I hear you, Chrissy G. Hi, Rebecca. Um, I needed to remember and I continue to need to remember to remind my sponsees now when they're doing this step that it's not it's not neat and tidy. You know, it's it's not something. It's not something that um, I have a checklist and I'm gonna go and it's like do the laundry, pick up the dry cleaning, um, you know, wash the floor. It, you know, say sorry to my mom, say sorry to my dad, say sorry to my brother. You know, get everything all neat and tidy and squared away, and then, you know, go on with my life. It's it's so much like everything in in life. Living a spiritual life, I should say, trying to live a spiritual life. Everything is so much about a process, and it's also about God's will and God's work and what what God wants to do in that person and do in me. Because you know, I, I always have to remember it's not just about me and my higher power. It's it's about what what their higher power is doing within them at that moment when I say what I say, and you know, and And sometimes, you know, there are things, not sometimes, most of the time, there are things going on under the surface, and there's some things in process, feelings are being moved around, and attitudes are being shifted, and I don't see the results, you know, because I, I have such a small perspective of things. So I really need to go in into this you know humble humble in in the way not not just in my presentation but also in my expectation of what the this process is because it's it's really um so much bigger than than just saying sorry to a person I mean I uh, or making some kind of amends or taking corrective actions in a relationship it's much more than that because it's a whole whole attitude it's like when you walk down the street and you smile at someone or i know i notice this and it might be my imagination but i don't think so when i'm really friendly with the checkout person i notice that they perk up and they're really friendly to the next customer behind me and it's like a chain and i notice that in in life so my my belief is that just spreading an attitude of forgiveness and um making amends to people is something that is contagious. And I think that God's got a much bigger plan than just me and that particular amends with that particular person. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Chrissy G. Jean L.
6: Good morning. Jean L. from Rhode Island. Um, I've really enjoyed, um, I've got something a lot out of the paragraph we read the, the second line, we don't worry about others if we can uh, can honestly say to ourselves that we would that we would write them if we could. One moment, please. <coughs> well, it happened to me. Um, my mother and father were so always fighting because he was irresponsible and uh, not keeping his you know taking care of his seven children, and so however she felt, I felt because I was the only girl. <coughs> And, um, anyways, fast forward to when I was in my mid-twenties, my father died, and when I went in to see him at the funeral, um, Paula, (coughs) oh, once again, hold on, (coughs) um, I went to the casket, and I knelt, and I thought, oh, I'm so sorry, I should have, I wished I had been better myself. First of all, I thought, no, I thought, I can no longer look at his sins, I'm left with my own. So when I went to sit down and I thought to myself, oh, I wished I had said this, I wished I had done that, and and I was feeling so terrible. And then all of a sudden a thought came to my mind, well, if he could, he would probably, if he was sitting here and I was there, he would probably be feeling the same way. And if I could, I would have said, that's okay, I forgive you. And the moment I said that, thought of that, I realized that he forgave me, too. So when I read that line, I thought, this is so true. We can always make amends amends, no matter how late it is in our life. So thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Gina. Okay,
6: the floor is open
0: for new people who want to share on this paragraph to speak up. And that would be the third paragraph on... Margaret Margaret D. Harlan yes, G. Yes, ma'am. Harlan G. You started to say third paragraph on what page? Lauren N. 83. Thank you. Thank you.
12: you Lauren read N. In? Lauren N. Beth B.
0: Barbara E. I heard Beth B and Barbara E. Minky Minky W. Minky W. Okay. Julie M about M. Okay, let me tell you who I have on the list. Margaret D, Harlan G, Lauren N, Beth B, Barbara E, Minky W and Julie M. Did I miss anyone? Who spoke mm-hmm. up? Okay. We're going to go with those if we have time. If not I'm I we may run out. I haven't figured
13: it out calculated it. Margaret D., go right ahead. Thank you. Um, This is Margaret in um, Georgia. I want to just share an experience that I had, and for me, about making an amends. And for me, um, it was about being restored to sanity, which that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. But anyways, um, I had been angry at and with my mother for I think, since the day I was born, just furious with her um for all these inactions and actions and what I deem to be unfairness and you know just anything you can think of, and so I was doing um making she was high on the on my men's list, and I couldn't get over the anger on it, and my sponsor, oh my gosh.
8: Margaret D., we've lost you. Margaret might have to dial back in. Carlin G., why don't you go and then I'll call on her again? I'm back. Okay. Oh, oh sorry, it, Harlan. Uh, Margaret, you're there.
13: Um, yeah. Can I be heard? I hear you, Margaret. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. So, anyways, my um, sponsor was telling me about um, an event that his mother had put him through that was the worst event I've ever heard in my whole life. And then he said to me, you know, my mother was not playing with a full deck she only had 32 out of 52 cards. And then he said to me, but you know what? She gave me every one of those 32 that she had. And all of a sudden, I saw everything in such a different light. And I felt truly like I had been restored to sanity. And I got to see where, yes, things had happened. Yes, they were unfair, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of my anger was around my judgment of how things should be, and that was me playing god and After I spoke with my sponsor, I just felt like I literally I had been restored to sanity, and I just felt so humble, like this makes sense this is anyways, with that, I'll pass. thank you
0: Margaret d Even with the interruption, you kept it under three minutes. Thank you so thank you. much. Harlan G, your turn.
14: Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when I look at this paragraph, I think about two people, very significant people at least, that I made um amends to over a period of decades because I harmed them so very seriously during my life with them. One is my mother and one is my father. And there were other people that I said rude, uncaring, inconsiderate, horrible things to and did things to that I deeply, deeply regret. But my mother had three distinct personalities. You never knew which personality was going to come out at what time. My father was 54 years old when I was born. He was 60 by the time I entered kindergarten. And I'm 63, but I'm a lot more useful than he was. He was pretty much done. He was done in by the time he was 60, and and, and he was old. Not older. He was one, not one generation ahead of me. He was two. He was older than many of the grandparents of my of my friends. How do you make amends to a mother who you treated so horribly because of her mental illness and how it embarrassed me, and how it hurt me, and I took things out on her and I was as cold and cruel to her as I could have been. I thought that if I just punished her enough, that maybe she would quote-unquote get it and become Laura Petrie. I wanted Rob and Laura Petrie for parents. I got Max and Virginia Grabowski, very different experience. How do I make amends to the people that I treated so horribly? You see, the money amends looked to me at first like being horribly hard, that was the easiest part of the amends process for me was money amends. Now, I never kissed anybody's girlfriend too bad. I never kissed anybody's wife too bad for me, but I had amends to make for pe- to people like my mother and father, and it took a long time, and I came to an epiphany that they did the best they could, that they loved me desperately that they gave me everything that they could possibly have given me and that their love shaped me and touched me today. But how I make amends to them today is to treat people with respect. I make a living amends to my mother. I make a living amends to my father by living right, trying to do the right thing in every situation and acting in accordance with what I think and know in my heart they would have had had me be. And when I recover, and when I service in OA, and when I conduct myself justly, when I pay my bills, when I work hard at my business, I know that that's a living amends to both my mother and my father. And this is something that I feel in my heart. And um, I remember them uh, as loving people. But they, you know, during our lives together, I did a lot of harm that I can only, only Repair by living right now. And with that, I'll
8: pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Lauren N. Sorry, all. Lauren N here. Can you hear me? Hi, Lauren N. I hear you.
15: I have made all my amends, and some of them I've made every day. Of my, every day I wake up since I've done my fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth steps. And I make them every day. My, the hardest amends, like someone mentioned earlier, the amends I... the, the the harm I've done to my family is the hardest one to do undo because there's no way to undo it other than to live it today. I live in a
8: healthier way with my son, and um, I try and give him the love and the compassion that that
15: I didn't give him all of his life he's in his late 20s and I've only been recovered since for the past year maybe two been working on it for the past three years but so all of his life I was not available for him I mean, I was here, present, and I was around,
8: but I was in the food, I was in my disease, and I was not capable of giving of myself. Yet, I look at my father, and I realize that
15: he's almost 90, he's 89, And he never got to where I am with my son. So at least I've given him somewhat of myself. And I get to give my father myself. Only short periods because it still sets me off to be around someone
8: who's so incapable of giving of themselves, of their their insides. But for today, I'm able to love myself enough to give of myself. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lauren and SB. Good morning.
16: This is Beth B. Um, and I'm calling from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Compulsive overeater. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably share very slowly because this is uh, something that's very difficult for me to talk about. But the amends that I've been making, and I make them daily. Uh, I heard someone say that we make amends every day and uh I, I do that uh but i have a 24 year old daughter who boy i tell you what uh she and i uh we 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 had a rough life and um, her dad abandoned us and you know i was by myself and i was in my disease and boy uh i sold that kid short i really sold her short um wasn't there for her emotionally and, and, and in my disease. Uh, and about three years ago, she came out to me as a transgendered individual, and she was so mad at me. I, I couldn't understand why, you know, because for, for from my point of view, and this was before I came into the program, I had done amends to her. I had said I was sorry many times. Many many times, but I still wasn't there for her. And when she came out as a transgendered individual, she told me. She said, "Mom, you don't even know who I am. You you don't pay attention to me." And I think from that from that day forward, I knew I had a problem with manageability in my relationships. And uh, once I came into OA and I started working the steps and I got through steps four, five, and six, I finally was gifted with the insight where I had been going wrong. And um, so to bring it into perspective of today, um, I make that amends every single day to my daughter. And it has been a slow going process, but today I have a relationship with her, and it's not a perfect relationship. And you know, I have to, I have to ask for guidance every single day on how to navigate that relationship. But now we we see each other frequently. She kisses me, she hugs me, and and she notices that uh, you know she says, "Mom, gosh, you have made you know." Such a great change, but it's not really been me that's been making the change. it's been my higher power so uh you know I think for me uh um, you know this this type of amends that that kind of hurt is a hard amends to 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 make and um but but you know it it's gonna be a lifelong process uh is what I'm trying to say, so with that, I'll pass
8: thank you Best Barbara e. We have thank you. Um, hi Barbara.
0: We have hi. about eight minutes and three people. So if by any chance any or all of the three of you could keep it under three minutes, like two and a half, two and three quarters, maybe everybody would have the same amount of time. Go ahead, Barbara B. If you can, I'll speed talk. Barbara Eaton, <laughs> New Jersey. First of all, I'd like to thank all of you for being so wonderful. In particular, uh, one person in the Midwestern section of our country, one beautiful blonde all the way on the Pacific um, Northwest, who took the time to explain to me a question that I had yesterday. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the paragraph. The spiritual life is not a theory. Um, Taking action is important for me. Someone who, you, who stores up words but doesn't use them just has a good vocabulary but gains nothing spiritually. I had to remember that. Years ago when I did my first fourth step, I couldn't, wasn't even asked to, to face my mother and look her in the eye and make my amends. So I wrote her a letter, a loving letter, saying how wonderful she was to me And how I regretted not being able to let her know personally what she meant to me. She lived a long life after that. And when she passed away at the age of 99 and a half, I found that letter. She'd saved it all those years. And I'd been in program 21 years. And I got to read that at the cemetery. I was not Spiritually present for her the last year of her life. I regret that tremendously. I would write that if I could. I can't do that. But I can take comfort in knowing that I was there for her in life and calling her every single day to check up on her and just let go of the regret that I wasn't present as I should have been that very last week. I am so grateful to this program, and I have to remember that there are some people who think they're too smart, and I pray to God to keep me from being too smart. I want to keep working the program. I pass.
11: Who just shared?
8: Barbara Barbara E. E. Thanks, Barbara E. Minky W., Minky, star one, unmute. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning.
0: It's Minky W. from New York. Can you hear me? I hear you, Minky. Um, So I'm really grateful to be on the line. Um, So in terms of step nine, um, I have done the steps a couple of times, and each time I've done them, the step nines have gone... Much more from a place of how can I be of service to you versus um you know I want to get this done so that I can feel better and it's been It's been a lifelong process it's not like I do it once and I get you know this magical spiritual awakening, although that does happen, but it's been a constant living event every single day, and I do slip up because I'm human, not because I'm evil or bad, but I do slip up and I need to make amends for that, and most of it is living amends, but I can't just get away and say, you know, I'm going to change my behavior. As uncomfortable as it is, I do need to do face-to-face amends, and um, as I was doing some step nines, I really wanted to do face-to-face amends, but I can't force it onto anybody, so some people didn't want to see me, and it was uncomfortable, so I wrote them an honest letter, and some letters I got responses to, and some... I didn't get responses to it. I didn't love it. But that's okay, too. I just clean up my side of the street and let the universe take care of it and let God take care of it for me. And uh, the ninth step continues to be a struggle for me. And a day to time, I continue to show up, work this program, and um, live a life of transparency. And like I said, I am human and I will slip up but it doesn't give me an excuse not to do any nine steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Vinky W. Julie M.,
8: you'll be our last person to share, I believe. And you have just under three minutes. Julie M., star one to unmute. Hmm. Yes, I'm unmuted.
0: Okay, uh, Julie M., we don't hear you. And I guess, hmm,
8: is there one other person who'd like to take Julie slot for a couple of minutes? I guess I'll share.
0: It's Rebecca, compulsive overeater. Julie M., if you're there, you can interrupt me. Um, grateful to be on the line, and um, I've been moved by everyone's shares this morning. And one thing, sorry about the siren in the background, uh, one thing that really stood out for me today was the awareness that in the process of making these amends, And our getting in touch with our own fallibility and humanness and lack of perfection and um, harm that we've caused, it softens our hearts to others who have harmed us because we're human and they're human and we make mistakes and they made mistakes and nobody's perfect and People did the best they could under the circumstances because they were perhaps spiritually sick or still are. And um, it helps us to live a peaceful life, to um, give people that um, leeway to be human. And then we get leeway ourselves to be human. And when we make mistakes, we clean up our side of the street, and um, go on our way. And that's a big relief compared to what I used to think about life was that I had to be perfect, which was impossible, and everybody else should have been perfect, which was impossible. But what else was there to do but stuff my feelings with food? So um, with that, I will pass. And we are now closing up our meeting. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Monday, August 14, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 10306, 10306. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page.
12: Yes, good morning, everybody. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.